Hello, everybody. I'm Dave Jeskow, and this is The Nightfly. everybody and welcome to another episode of you know this could be our 350 is that possible it might be i don't know i stopped keeping track 250 350 what's the difference we've done a heck of a lot of podcasting together haven't we well this is the audio video show that i promised you why is it video i don't know uh i mean i am inviting my guest today audrey henson who has as i told you last week put together some uh, synopsises for Hallmark Christmas specials. Two are real. One is fake. I like this kind of stuff. Hopefully you will do. You will too. And it is that time of the year where we like to talk about uh, absolute nonsense that just makes you feel better about nothing because who knows what's happening. Also, happy Hanukkah, everybody. Yeah, it's Hanukkah already. I know. It's crazy. I hope everybody had a really terrific Thanksgiving. So I'll just tell you what happened to me this week, which is rather phenomenal and then uh, we'll have audrey on for a couple minutes and then i'll show you some pictures i said like well if we're doing the video let's show the pictures i got proof of everything i think but i'll just start off i'll just start off with what happened on uh monday now you know as you know you know me you know monday is my chicken wing night everybody knows that and i got a call from jeff ross and he said listen do you want to come I'm opening for Dave Chappelle at Madison Square Garden on Monday. He's like, do you want to come? Oh, it was Elon's birthday, my friend Elon, on Monday. So he wanted to get a steak dinner, which was already pissing me off because I couldn't get wings. And I told Jeff, I can't go to Dave Chappelle with you at Madison Square Garden because um, it's my friend Elon's birthday and we're having dinner. And I hung up the phone. I said, thank you very much for the offer, but no thanks. And I hung up the phone. And uh, I went to go, I don't know, to my computer. I either did some editing or played solitaire. I don't remember what it was. And then I said, you know, I was just thinking to myself, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it took me a couple minutes to realize what, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? This podcast, as we talk about all the time, really is that Seinfeld episode of Newman saying, and, you know, it's really I've been eating the generic wax beans and you really can't tell the difference. Because I was thinking to myself, well, what have I been talking about lately? You know, mostly all I have to talk about this week is the fact that they've been running out of chocolate pudding at the diner my mother and I go to. And we started with the vanilla and we put chocolate syrup on and it's not half bad. I mean, it really is the wax bean conversation that I'm giving you. And I said, Jesus Christ, for just podcasting purposes alone, I think I got to take Jeff up on his offer. And go behind the bowels of MSG where Billy Joel plays and goes and drives into and have this experience with uh, Dave Chappelle and then see if, uh, you know, anything fun happens because I do a podcast where I have to give interesting information. Because the story about the diner continuing to run out of chocolate pudding isn't as fascinating as I'd like it to be. 
So I called him up and I said, you know what? Uh, yeah, let's let's do this. I called Alon and he was like, what's the matter with you? Of course, you got to go. We'll reschedule. And which, of course, he said, we'll reschedule for Wednesday. And I'm like, Wednesday. He's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have uh, to one grand meal before another grand meal, which was, you know, Thanksgiving on Thursday. And I, of course, said, let me explain to you the way the human body works. Actually, I, this is from that's right out of friends. Uh, so I called Dory and I'm like, well, what was my response? She goes, let me explain to you the way the human body works. It's a hilarious Thanksgiving episode with Brad Pitt where Joey comes eating chips. And she goes, I thought you were eating a whole turkey. And he says, let me explain to you the way the human body works. It's, it's funny every time. So I'll just dive right into Monday. I decided I'd get dressed up again because, again, you know, it's, 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 it's respectful to wear like a suit, you know. So well, I just I wore jeans, but a jacket. Like the same jacket I wore for it. Well, what happened was I sent my jacket down to dry cleaning after I'd worn it for uh, with Larry Dallas at the, the, the fundraiser where I passed Madison Square Garden because I couldn't go to Billy Joel that night. When we went to Carmen's, remember? And so I was like, oh, I'll wear this other one. It didn't look as good, but that was all I had because the other one was at the dry cleaners. And when I went downstairs, the doorman said, I have dry cleaning for you. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I didn't think it would be here this quickly. And, um, I switched jackets down. And it was a very New York moment. I switched the jackets down at my lobby with the doorman. And he gave me my other jacket and he hung up my other jacket. And I switched all the stuff in the pockets and I put that one out. He goes, oh, that's much better. That's much better. I mean, it really is right out of, well, really a Hallmark Christmas movie where, uh, you know, everybody's friends with their doorman, which uh, apparently it's only me. But yeah, it was really funny. And um, I only wore that and no coat. I'm like, I can handle it. I can handle it. And I knew I was taking the moped down to Jeff's hotel, which was by like 10th or 11th Avenue and 34th, you know, right by MSG. But I was like, I can handle it. I can handle this cold. It was like 40 degrees, but I didn't want to wear a jacket over because that won't look cool. So I went for it and I took the moped over and I waited in his hotel and I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm here. And I was there a half hour early. He said to be there at five. The show starts at seven thirty. And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. I had to wait there for an hour, but I just relaxed. But the hotel was freezing. The hotel lobby was freezing. The door kept opening up, but I just sat there. I didn't complain. I sat on a chair for an hour waiting for Jeff. But I said, this is the way I have to be tonight. You know, I got to put it on my head. Don't be just gal. Go with the flow. And you know how difficult that is for me, but I was feeling I was looking good. I'm walking tall. I felt that was officer material. Again, right out of stripes. And then he goes, oh, let's walk over. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I thought we were taking a car, like, you know, uh, an SUV. I wanted to go in Madison Square in the way Billy Joel does. But he wanted to walk over. because. And then it got even worse. Because then he, like, he told me later, he like wanted to see if he could just get in and walk through on his own without anything. He's like, I'm performing tonight. I get that. But it was annoying for me because I didn't have any credentials. So I kept getting stopped. But again, I don't care. He obviously has a plan. And we went in through the uh, talent entrance. And then we had to, we worked our way. Did we immediately get a COVID test? I don't remember, but we had to work our way through. We were right. We came out right into where everybody walks around, you know, like right out of uh, coming to America, where you see like, you know, by and Jeff's merchandise was there and stuff. It was pretty exciting being there way early before anybody got there. And then we went down and we just walked down the, you know, where the crowd sits into the thing. And then there was, of course, trouble because, you know, you need 
credentials and security and even Jeff got stopped. So, but he was trying to be a big shot and try to make it work. And of course I knew everything was going to work out. So I just remained calm the whole time. Plus it was exciting being in the middle of Madison square garden with nobody there. It was very exciting saying, wow, I can't believe my friend is going to play here in a few hours. And uh, this is going to be unbelievable. This place is going to be packed with people. I don't know how much to hold 18,000, 20,000. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty cool. But then we had to get an instant COVID test, like a rapid test. And we got that. And I guess it was negative because nobody came to get me. So, but yeah, he, everybody's got to get one if you want to hang out. And th- then I heard they ran out. And so they're like, oh, we ran out. So have a good time. <laughs> so what's the point? Anyway, uh, it was really cool. We went to the dressing room and the green room, of which I have uh, some photos of the, the, the poor sandwich layout, which you expect a little more. And, uh, you know, just uh, hanging around and everything. And then Jeff, the, the, the premise is Jeff goes up at 730 cold, which is like really hard. He's the one. They have a DJ up there. This guy, DJ Trom, who's really nice. And then Jeff goes up. And what it is, folks, is a screening of Dave Chappelle's movie. Like He doesn't even do any time. I mean, he's there. And he does like 10 minutes. But it's just a screening of the movie because nobody will buy it, I guess, because he's in sort of trouble. And he's just like, well, good. I'll just have screenings at Madison Square Garden. It's a little different than Turbocharge was uh, the screening, which was at my apartment. Or was that Memo's apartment, which is even worse. Um, so Jeff goes up at 7.30, and he does like 10 to 15 minutes. Then Ronnie Chang, I don't know if you know him. He's a great guy. I know him and his wife very well. And he went up after, and he's in Crazy Rich Asians, and he's amazing in that. I mean, he really is good in that. And then he went up, and then Jeff goes back, and he roasts. He does a speed roast. He calls people in from the audience. He calls people in. At Madison Square Garden, the ones that are sitting in front, and he picks out 10 people and brings them on stage. Already, I'm a nervous wreck because I could never, I don't want to improvise at Madison Square Garden. I mean, this guy, you got to hand it to him. He's got balls of steel. He picks out 10 people and he like weeded out other ones who he didn't pick. He's like, no, 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 get out of here. Get out of here. I didn't pick you guys. They're running the stage. It was, it was pretty cool right in front of 20,000 people. And that part killed. I mean, he really had it down. I think that was the best part of the night for the audience. I mean, they, they were dying. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, he does really well. Then he comes off. And then, oh, no, there was also a dance troupe in between Ronnie Chang and his, and his uh, roasting. So they have a, a show, you know, before. Then Dave Chappelle goes up. He does like 10 minutes, and then they show the film. Then he comes back and then John Stewart came up and they riff together. And then this uh, artist, her, she's like a Grammy nominated or possibly winning artist, her H period, E period, R period. She's really pretty and really talented. She goes up and then all these rappers go up. Well, Buster Rhymes I've heard of, but some of the other ones I haven't heard of. So then I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here now, but I was like right on the side of the stage. I was walking around. I had free reign of everything. You know, like some point I'm in the garage where I'm positive. Billy Joel's car pulls up and then you, know, you go right in. And But I'm just walking around freely. I'm the side of the stage, the other side of the stage. And it's great. I'm sitting there and I guess Jeff's just finishing up and Chappelle comes out 
And he goes, just gal, look at what? Well, how do you like that? I can't believe you're here. It's great to see you, man. I'm like, how did you even recognize me? My back was turned. He's like, I always recognize Dave just got I me. Mean, it was very cool. It's exactly what you were hoping would happen. If you go see him, he's really nice. And we hugged and we had a good talk. And uh, then the same thing happened with John Stewart. He saw me and it was it was the opposite thing, but the same. And he's like, David Juskow. Well, well, well. And then we hugged and we talked for a while. It was really nice. You definitely felt like you belonged there. I certainly wish I had a girl with me because she would be like, wait, I don't understand how this is possible. How do you know all these people? And I said, I told you. One good set in 1996. It was that good. Chappelle even referenced it while we were there. He came back later and he goes, wait a minute. I remember now. Um, but it was really nice to see him. I met his wife, who's a doll, and his kids. We got high with his son, which was so funny. Jeff Ross is like the Jeff Spicoli of Fast Times, where he sees Chappelle's son, who I don't know how old he is, maybe 17, 18, and they do the handshake and he's like come on let's let's roll one and jeff goes it's like it's like spicoli and forrest whitaker's brother when they get high and mess up the car that's jeff ross he's like the spicoli character for sure always high as a kite anybody who gets high is his best friend whether you're 17 or 77 it doesn't matter it's hilarious so just walking back and forth and also gilbert was there too on the other side of the stage we went to go see him. But meanwhile, I don't know what to do with the movie. It's two hours. Jeff's like, I started to drink in the dressing room, make myself vodka. So he goes, oh, pace yourself. It's a five-hour show. And I'm like, five hours? I did not know that going in because the movie's two hours. But he definitely puts on a show. I mean, you get your money's worth. But I wonder if everybody knows it's a screening and not just a big Dave Chappelle show. I mean, he certainly comes on enough and you do get your money's worth. I mean, when they were in Atlanta the night before, there were all these famous rappers that I don't know, but apparently everybody knows and all these celebrities come and join Dave on stage. So I guess people are satisfied. Uh, Michelle Wolf was there. It was nice to see her. If you know her, she's in his movie. And I'm trying to think. I probably saw some other people. Well, I wrote some stuff down. I think I covered everything, though, right? Yeah, John Stewart. Oh, yeah. So John Stewart. All right. Yeah. So John Stewart. Dave's about to introduce. He goes, "This is a band that meant so much to me growing up." And John Stewart goes, "Is it the Archies?" And you can just hear me laughing again as the only person laughing at that joke. And when he came on stage, I'm like, "I really like the Archies joke." He goes, "Woo! That just bombed. That went down." I'm like, "I don't know. I thought it was brilliant. It's like nobody was laughing except me." Um, but it's really funny. So he's so insecure, which, of course, is hilarious. But Dave was sitting there watching the movie and I was like, I could sit right next to him. I'm like, if I sit there, I got to commit for two hours and watch the movie. And I'm nervous because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make any, you know, he missed up. But then he got up later and was walking around. So I guess he didn't care, but I didn't want to sit there. And I was just like walking around aimlessly. I didn't really know what to do. I kept drinking. I was having a good time. And there was all these uh, black comics that I didn't know. And they were really funny. And then later, you know, there was the after party. So I saw my other comedy friends. I think I have photos coming up like Mark Norman and Ari Shafir. And it was really good to see everybody. And it was super fun. And it was just exciting to be at Madison Square Garden 
where it's this red room or maybe that's the Chappelle. He likes red room, but I think it's a red room, whatever. It's the party where like Mick Jagger and the boys will hang out after. It's where the after party is after you do a show and you invite the elite people in. So that was exciting, knowing that this is where all the greats have partied in the past. So that was really fun. And I was pleasantly drunk and a tiny bit high. So I was really in a good place. And then I was hanging out with the guy who owns this, this spectacular club called Zero Bond, which is like the hottest club in town right now. That's where I saw Julian Edelman and stuff. So I was hanging out with him and this guy, Craig, right, who I know. And he's really nice. He's my new friend. He's like an entrepreneur. He has that deal where he can go up to this new tower in New York City on 42nd Street in Vanderbilt called the Vanderbilt Tower. It's a big new tourist attraction where you could take a glass elevator up to the top and, you know, hang around. And he goes, hey, I got a deal where I can go up there after midnight, after it's closed and we can bring a bunch of people up there and party. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are my new best friend. So he's they all got money and stuff and everything. Right. So when we're going to the after after party, which, as you know, I always say, don't go to the second place. But I'm like, but Jeff really wanted me to go. And we're with these two other girls and these two guys. And me and the guys took a cab and I let Jeff go with the two girls with the split cabs. And it was like downtown, you know, so and I, you know how I hate going further than where my apartment is, you know, going the opposite direction. But I'm like, you know, it's a special night. I'm just going for it. Right. So we go down. We're in the cab. I'm in the middle. And I my theory is the person who has the middle shouldn't have to pay for the taxi. But I ended up paying for the taxi. Those guys were nowhere near reaching for their wallets. And I paid for the taxi, the guy that owns zero bond. And this other guy, it's just got nothing. I don't know. He's got money and places to live all over the place. But I had to pay for the taxi. I mean, why does this keep happening to me? I don't know. Because I'm like, what am I waiting for these guys? It's, it's crazy. Meanwhile, I tell this guy, uh, I guess we were talking. I don't remember what we're talking about. I said about my cousin who owns the Devils, uh, David. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm friends with him. I was hanging out with last night. I'm like, sure you were. Sure you were. And then I went to I was reading the New York Post the next day. And there is a blurb in page six about the guy from Bond, this guy, Scott, hanging out with my cousin. And then I wrote him. I'm like, yeah, I told him he was full of shit. And then it turned out in the post. Uh, it was a real thing. So uh, that was kind of funny, um, I guess. And then we went to the after after and they were they had some pretty good appetizers, but they weren't coming around fast enough, especially for Jeff, who always wants to eat. But and so Jeff just went into the kitchen and took a tray of food and everybody was eating off of it. It was really funny, but it was just an OK time. There was no need to go to the second place. Nothing big happened. But, you know, you're always afraid. The fear of missing out is the thing. And then So then when I left and it was like three thirty, I'm like, well, now how do I get home? I can't take the moped back. It's freezing. It's almost like thirty nine degrees. I'm not wearing a jacket. I'm like, should I take the city back? And I'm like, no, you know what? I have to take an Uber. This is one of those times I have no choice. And I'm glad I did. And it was very comfortable. And it got me home in that time. That was a key move. You don't want to take the bike at that point all the way from Soho. It's really far. It's really cold. Even though I have my gloves. You know, I'm not wearing a jacket. If I was wearing a jacket, I probably would have done. I was just nice. Yeah, you did the right thing, whatever. Uh, what are you doing? You know? But that's, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Fat Joe was there. I forgot to, Fat Joe was there. I have no idea who that is. It's one of the rappers, I guess. And there was some legendary DJ. I don't know his name. But that is that is pretty much the story in a nutshell. It was 
kind of a great night. Um, it didn't really provide me any work, although I did meet the head of Cameo, which is those things where, you know, a lot of celebrities will make a, a video for somebody like, hey, uh, it's me. Uh, happy birthday. And she's like, you know, if you get referrals, I can give you five percent of uh, their commission or something. I'm like, well, I'll ask. But I keep asking David Tell. I'm like, look, it'll help me. To help you, huh? Huh? What do I got to do to put you into a cameo tonight? But whatever. I figured maybe I could, uh, you know, try and get a job there. But and I'll tell you something. Again, you know, the way I was dressed and the people I was with and where I was going, you'd never know. I was maybe going to get kicked out of my apartment. I certainly looked the part. And uh, there would be nobody there who wouldn't, who didn't, you know, when you're saying hello to everybody and everybody seems to know who you are, would think that there would be any problems whatsoever. As far as they're concerned, they're concerned, all those people, Michelle Wolf, Chappelle, John Stewart, I'm still a living legend in this town, which is why I can't believe I was thinking of moving. What's the matter with me? I, uh, I mean, seriously, how funny will it be on January 1st? I changed the name of the podcast. Who's telling me that? And then I move out of town. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of epic. Let me tell you what happened in Jersey today. Wow, I can't believe. And you people from uh, across, you know, London and, and uh, France, you're, you're going to love these stories about Jersey. Oh, it's going to be great. Yipes. <laughs> hey, whatever. I got to tell you a story, though, on happened on uh, Saturday night. This is unbelievable, too. Again, these are really good city stories. These are really good city stories, even though we're going to Jersey in the in the story. Saturday night, I meet my friends uh, outside Steve, you know, from the cellar, and my friends Alina and John, the the nurse from uh, Columbia, and uh, we're all going. To, they they pick me up in the car and they take me to Jersey. They so where do you want to go tonight? I said, let's go to that Korean barbecue place in Jersey. I love it. I love it there. I love that it's in Jersey. It's like right over the George Washington Bridge. So we go there and they pick me up, which is amazing because I was like, I could come meet you guys like, no, we don't mind. And we usually take the FDR drive up to where Steve lives, which is weird because Steve lives on the west side, but Manhattan goes like weird and stuff. So we get in the FDR drive and there's a crash, like a major crash. So everybody's just standstill traffic. And I don't know why Alina wasn't using the ways or anything, but she doesn't care and she just doesn't and whatever. And we're in the standstill traffic. And these guys are so cool. They have a bunch of white claws in the back for just such an emergency. It was unbelievable. So John gets out of the car and he opens the trunk and, and everybody can see him. The other cars this is on the FDR drive. It's still traffic. can see him getting out the white claws and everybody's smiling. It's really funny. And he's offering people you, you want, you want. It was, it was unbelievable. It was like stuff that probably happens somewhere else in the US, but not on the FDR drive in Manhattan ever. And then there was a guy who was completely stuck right to the right of us. And he got out of the car and offered him a white claw. So would, would you like a white claw? And this guy's like, no, no, thank you so much. It was unbelievable. This guy just gets it. He wants to spread merriment everywhere. And then it just made sitting in traffic and the slow moving so much fun at a party. Alina didn't have any. She was driving. And uh, it, it, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, who has I, it's like it's like I want to tell myself I got to prepare. I got to have beers ready in the car. But White Claws are better. So but I, I got to have those ready just in case. 
but you know, you shouldn't be carrying around those things in your car, but it's just funny. I mean, I don't know why they have them there. I don't know whether they were planning something or, or they just have a stash just in case they're always ready for a party. These guys, it's fantastic. So that was really, really awesome. And the weird part was that we go to the restaurant and I guess Alina has a gambling problem too, like me, but different. Like she likes to do the blackjack gambling on her app when she's in Jersey. So the entire meal, she's gambling. It's like half listening to our conversation. It was weird. I think she was having a rough day anyway, but she was just gambling. It's like she's like addicted like I am, but I guess she bets with her head. And I don't know. It's just really funny. At least I don't do that when I'm in Jersey. I know I got the problem, but at least I don't do the the blackjack and the, the card, the roulette gambling on your phone. You know, I prefer to be live for those kind of things because that would be problematic. And I guarantee so many people do that. These gambling apps. I feel bad because I don't think I don't think mine might be a problem, but I don't think it's as bad as especially living in a place where you can do this and it's coming to New York. But I don't know. But it was definitely a God, this Korean barbecue. It's so good. The meat, the short ribs, the meat is so tasty. Oh, it was so delicious. I'm thinking about it now. It's making my mouth water. And the night before. I took up my friend, Lauren. I took her to this place called Sam's place in the city. It's on Lexington Avenue, 39th Street. Very small place. I actually have a picture of it later when Audrey's on that. Her and I went there for her 23rd birthday, I think. I know. Um, and it was this place and it's like this. It's like somebody's house. You don't feel like you're in Manhattan. I've gone there before. It's a small Italian place. Small Italian place. Everybody minds their own business. Uh, there's actually a pull chain toilet in the back. No, it's really like that. In fact, we were sitting. I bought this girl, Laura, and uh, we're there like the first one said, we got a reservation like 530 because we're dying to eat early. It was great. I'm so happy. She's like 28. I'm like, you don't mind eating at 530? She's like, no, I want to eat at 530. I'm like, yes. Um, So we got there. We're the first ones there. And oh, God, I hate this. Sitting next to us are people by themselves. And that's the worst because, you know, people are listening to your conversation. You know, I hate that. But there was one guy on the side who was by himself. The other guy, this old man, and he was saying, he was talking to Laura. He's like, oh, you're so pretty. And I'm like, shut up. Shut the fuck up, you old bat. You know, he's like, I don't want anybody talking to my girl that I'm dining with. You know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, I'm waiting for a girl, too. And I'm like, sure, you are. Sure, you are. No, she's she, you're probably going to be amazed. He's like 80 and he's like, waiting. but he but this girl did show up. It was like a 22 year old black girl. I never expected that. I don't know why he was like this old white man in his 80s. But, um, you know, that'll probably be me soon and you just sat down ahead of her because normally you wait outside but when you're older you you just get the table and wait i think that's the way it is so thank god he had somebody else because i'm like if i gotta talk like where i got where this guy's listening to my conversation i'm just i'm gonna this is why i used to hate sushi restaurants and now i'm so glad they have those partitions in between because there's always some douchebag who sits by themselves eating next to you you know you don't even realize you could go to a restaurant by yourself and eat alone that's fine but you don't realize how harmful it is to the people sitting next to you you know, have you ever thought about that? Selfish. People who eat alone at a restaurant are assholes. People who eat alone at a diner, that's all right. But really, unless you're a hot girl, nobody wants to see you at a restaurant eating alone. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. All right? Because it's very intimidating. You, what do you listen? Unless you had headphones on, which would be acceptable. Otherwise, you're clearly listening to our conversation. You might have a book. If you don't have a book, you definitely listen to our conversation. I like privacy. It's just the way I am. Oh, I tell you, it's crazy though. On uh, 
on Saturday, um, I found out that Steve, outside Steve, went to dinner with Terry Hatcher. Yeah. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, she comes to the cellar all the time. I'm like, she does? Her and James Denton came, which was so weird because that night their movie was airing. I think it was A Kiss Before Christmas, which I watched. And it was all right. I think I watched it when I got home. And it was okay, but it was just so funny. They went there promoting the show and they were at the comedy cell. If I had gone down there, I might have also eaten with Terry Hatcher. Boy, that'd be something else. And she's single. Fellas, she's single and ready to mingle. That's what she told Steve. And I'm like, you know, this is a good girl for you. I mean, could this happen? I think that'd be a good. They're both age appropriate. I like the plan. Meanwhile, when I got home that night, I was just getting calls from Olga and Esther Koo who were on the road and having difficulties on the road with like, you know, their situation. It was really funny. I had to go back and forth. I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? I'm like, I don't know. You know what? I, I mean, it was just really weird that they were both calling with road problems. Esther got really screwed and both the problems they were having. I don't think they would have had if they were men. What I'm saying is I think women comics definitely get still taken advantage of and get treated differently than if they were men in that same situation. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Oh, that's right. I saw Michael Che, too. I forgot about that. It was really nice to see him, and it was great, and he's really sweet, and that's right. We hung out with him, too. I'm just giving you the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the gossip. You know, I'm telling you who I like, you know, who we're hanging out with, because uh, it was really great to see everybody. You know, it was all, it was your seller friends and the big ones, and, uh, you know, a banner evening of uh, fun and, and hijinks and entertainment. So, um, oh, right. And uh, yesterday was Thanksgiving. So my, as I said, I thought maybe I was crazy, but my brother-in-law did make five kinds of stuffing. Remember, that's why I was like, I can't wait to go over there. He's going to make five kinds of stuffing. And I have photographic evidence. So if you are watching the YouTube portion of the show, you will be able to see the five kinds of stuffing. I will tell you about that when we come back after Audrey. But I will tell you before we go is that I drove Jeff to New Jersey and I was so uptight on Thanksgiving Day. I said, meet me at my garage. I always tell everybody to meet me at my garage. He was so angry because I wouldn't pick him up at his house, but he was right to be angry because the ways actually took me right past his house and then he got really angry but i said i don't like taking the holland tunnel because the holland tunnel is crazy standstill traffic he's like no it's not it's not it's ghost town it's ghost town he ended up apologizing because the holland tunnel had crazy traffic i'm not saying the lincoln tunnel wouldn't have had traffic but i hate the holland tunnel the holland tunnel is the worst it always has the most traffic where the lincoln tunnel could go either way so i did have my reasons for doing it but it was a bad way to start off let alone his cousins who he was going to started their thing at one o'clock and they were dicks He's like, oh, I'm going to be late. Um, you know, there's traffic. But you told me, you know, I, I told them we're going to leave at two and they start at three. And then they tell him it's oh, it's starting two hours earlier, which is so mean. He goes, oh, we'll get a plate ready for you, which is so nasty and mean to do. I did feel bad for him, but I'm sure he had a good time. That's the one thing about Jeff is he is a truly go with the flow type of guy. So also, I'll be uh, working with him this week at Caroline's. I'm not sure which day. I think Friday. And don't forget, I have my show uh, Wednesday, December 1st at the Westside Comedy Club. Will Jeff will also be Dove Davidov, Nick Griffin, Olga, Alan, uh, that girl, Kate Herman, everybody's favorite. And Moshi Mike Suarez, 
from the producer from the uh, uh, Tuesday show. Uh, by the way, also this week on the Comedy Cellar Tuesday show, Gilbert Gottfried and Frank Santa Padre and Alex Sulkin. In fact, I got a big schedule of guests coming up. I think Mark Norman is coming up one of the weeks. Uh, I told you, I think Tom Cotter. I got I got to read it. Bonnie McFarland. All these lovely folks are coming up in the next weeks of the Comedy Cellar Football Show. So that's good news. Uh, uh, Billy Joel. We're starting the. Uh, you know, we got this uh, big thing with the 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 the, the stump Paul thing coming up, uh, and then you know that'll and then we'll start the L's. Last of the big time spenders, Laura. Where you use the word fuck. So all interesting stuff. I guess if you like that kind of stuff. In the meantime, let's talk Christmas. I'm going to bring in little Audrey Henson right after this. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Uh, I'm somewhere where I don't know where I am. The Night Fly with Dave Juskow. All right, everybody, we are lucky enough to have my very good friend who I've been talking about on this podcast for multiple months. Uh, please welcome to the program, Audrey Henson, everybody. Hello. Hi, Dave. Hello, Audrey. As many of my listeners know, Audrey was completely unbelievably helpful to me during the pandemic. I love that we've been friends for a very long time. And that's like the thing that stands out the most in our friendship is that I helped you that one time during the pandemic. Not just one time. You helped me a lot of times through the pandemic. But I mean, isn't that like the the key to every relationship that you helped somebody during a pandemic? I mean, how how do you not open with that? I know you're right. Because you didn't help me at all. So I guess that puts things in perspective. I helped you emotionally. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really sad about Audrey, because, again, another case of the pandemic, Audrey would not have moved out of New York City if not for the pandemic. Right. Yeah, I probably would have just died there within the year. (laughs) Exactly. Like everybody else. But uh, no, the reason I bought Audrey on today, besides that, she is um, pretty cool. And we've wanted to do this for a long time because I was like one of those smart people. You know, she like knows stuff that people don't know. Like, I mean, when we met, you were, I don't know, you got some sort of journalism thing going. You went to Japan to do a study and spoke in front of like Congress. You're like a legally blonde, red, white, and blonde. The second legally blonde where Elle Woods goes to Washington. (laughs) I just love how, uh, to me, it seems like your standard of like intelligence is so low because I uh i'm like so not that impressive <laughs> but i love that i'm impressive to you so yeah. that's great. again isn't that the most important thing that is the most important thing in a friendship and that is why i surround myself with fives so that i feel like an eight all the time <laughs> it, wait a minute that didn't come out the way uh no but right you went to japan and you did a paper and then you didn't you speak in front of like congress or something what was it no i, I that wrong uh, the nat geo um offices in dc so not really concrete. still pretty impressive. See, you're you're dumbing down everything, but you should be uh, pretty well, proud I'm back of at my parents' house now. So I look like a real loser <laughs> from yeah. all that stuff. You're if de- you climb high, you fall high, too. You know, your depiction so. of uh, the way you think you're you look in this sense uh, is mistaken. So 
anyway, Audrey, uh, as we've been talking about, you know, I'm obviously very obsessed lately. I think it's just this year. And I couldn't believe when I found out Audrey was a little obsessed, too, with these Hallmark Christmas movies. This is your first year of obsession with Hallmark? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, you have been missing out. This clock chimes every half hour. Oh, is that what that is? I thought yeah. my, I left my phone on. And I, I your house is a house of horrors for me. I cannot stress enough how I am not the right person to be on a podcast. It should stop in a few seconds. Clearly, everything is annoying me between the dogs and the clock chimes. This is I like a worst this, nightmare. This is, all this my is audience members know, all my listeners know, this is a nightmare for me. They know. I know. Why do you think I'm drink? I drink wine literally oh, all boy. the time. It's, <laughs> but nightmare. we're taping this at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'm still on Japan time, so oh. it's something. <laughs> oh, that's quite all right. Um, anyway, yes. This uh, first of all, how was your Thanksgiving? We're taping this the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was good. It was busy. My family um, chose my brother over me for Thanksgiving this year, so they went up to New York um, and did the Thanksgiving Day parade and stuff. So. What did you do? Uh, I was here. Um, I went to lunch at a friend's house and uh, met all of their friends. Turns out they were all like in a mob in like the 70s in New York. Very interesting story for a later time. But um, then I went to a girlfriend's house for dinner. So but you had a good time. You were happy with the Thanksgiving outcome. Oh, I was thrilled. Oh, I well. loved talking to a bunch of like Italian guidos from like, you know, mob 70s era of New York it was wonderful. Who now live in Virginia? Yeah, I mean, I can't get. Thank an exact you for the information. Location. Yeah, no, I can't put an exact <laughs> location because I feel like I probably shouldn't have even mentioned it. But <laughs> uh, too bad. Honest, too late. Within days, it's all right. Luckily, no one listens to your podcast. So. Exactly. <laughs> this was a huge bad idea. Um, all right. Anyway, I, uh, you know, just got into the Hallmark movies. It's fascinating when I looked at the list of the movies that they have lately, because I don't know whether I told you this, but it's like everyone who's ever been in a Superman television show that I've watched over the years, Lois yeah. and Clark, Smallville, like the actual Superman. What? Or it was like an adult in a Nickelodeon show. That's like, not the point of what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that they're making these movies for people like me who like Superman movies, because that's there's, I'm telling you, Laura Vandervoot, Supergirl, Brandon Roth was Superman, Terry Hatcher was Lois Lane, Erica Durant was Lois Lane. These are the people coming up this year in 2021 and all the Christmas movies where clearly they're trying to get people like me to watch because I'm like, oh, I'll watch them because they played Supergirl or yeah, something let me like say, that. This is their star show like where they are the real hero, like Hallmark. But the movies. fact of the matter yeah. is, Audrey, is that the parents in Nickelodeon and the parents in Disney are the worst actors I've ever seen. And Do not I have talk no about Candace Cameron that way. How dare you? If you speak ill of Candace Cameron one more time, she's yeah, like in all you have your facts false again. I said Nickelodeon and Disney. Candace Cameron was an ABC and Netflix person. No, she was in a full house. What are you talking about? Yeah, which was on ABC and Netflix, not Nickelodeon or Disney. Wait, are you saying that full house was not Nickelodeon? No. Are you sure that about you that? child? No, but no, wait, are you sure on... about that? Oh my God. You know what? I'm not going to have this conversation. I can't even believe you're asking me this. And quite frankly, Audrey, the upcoming Christmas episode with Candace Cameron 
it, I don't know whether I can watch because she's using that guy who played her boyfriend on the Netflix one. And I hate him. He's like oh, one of the worst actors I've ever seen. The Fuller House or something. Right. Okay. So I'm really upset with this. Uh, I thought maybe it was her husband, but it's not like why she likes using this guy. He stinks. But otherwise, I would watch Candace Cameron. I watched all of Fuller House. But if you're going to if you're going to tell me and my audience that Full House was on Nickelodeon when they know damn well, you're just making a fool out of yourself. I told you I was a, a damn fool. All right. I opened with that. I told you I in my mind, that's like a Bernstein bear situation. I swear it was on uh, Nickelodeon and clearly. Mistaken. Yeah. Well, it's quite all right. Anyway, Audrey was kind enough to do this really fun thing. Now, we have always, we've been talking about lately that the premises of the Hallmark movies are, I mean, at least the two that we know that even Mike on my uh, Comedy Cellar show always says is like, you know, somebody's restaurant or, you know, whatever they're doing always has to be saved. I didn't even think about that. And then when somebody mentioned it, I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. The one that I had seen recently with the Danica McKellar from the Wonder Years, his family Christmas tree lot that they've had for 100 years had to be saved. Always. And and then there's always the two main characters kiss at whatever time it starts at eight o'clock, nine fifty nine. I mean, an hour and fifty nine minutes. You got to wait for them to I get mean, together. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense because these are all people who you said were in these like superhero shows and stuff. And something is always needing to be saved. So why wouldn't they choose those actors? You know? Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm going to grip. But they're choosing those actors to get people like me who yeah. watch the you know WB or CW network. I'm surprised they don't have half of the cast of Riverdale on these shows, but I guess they're too young. And I can guarantee within 10 years, they will be on the Hallmark Christmas movie. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a 16-year-old girl when I talk to you. <laughs> I have that kind of mentality and my audience knows it. All right, Audrey. So, let, well, first of all, you know what? I'm going to share my screen for a second so you can see this if you're watching on video. And Audrey made this unbelievable uh, Hallmark Christmas movies bingo card, which you can play as a drinking game with your friends. It's very brilliant. How did you come up with this plan? Well, um, no, my ex and I used to always do like bingo cards where whenever we'd watch a scary movie, we'd write down all of the tropes and make a bingo card out of them. And then Anytime like the trope happened, we do it. And then we did it just for Hallmark because all Hallmark movies are the exact same. Like you can literally just like copy and paste the synopsis and just change some of the like Mad Lib style, like nouns and adjectives. It's the same story. Yeah. So you, the, you came up with all of these. He's a secret prince, playful snowball fight, single yeah, parent. Like, for anybody who knows Hallmark movies, like this isn't something that I like so brilliantly am like pulling out. of. No, no I understand. I understand. Like, I understand, but you you did come up with these, you know. Yeah, right? no, um, yeah, these were from a little bit of last year when we made them, and then um, I updated some of them because I watched some new Hallmark movies. Yeah, no, it just it looks like it 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 looks like Hallmark made this for people. That's why I'm saying it's really impressive. Yeah, you know, the thing that's wonderful about Hallmark, it's so generically Caucasian that it's perfect for somebody like me because <laughs> it's so easily recreatable. Well, that's the thing. So I just say like, it's like, uh, I'll just read some of them for the people who are listening uh, on the regular audio. The magic occurs, discovers true meaning of Christmas, runs after love interest, Santa or elf interferes. <laughs> that's a good one. She lives in the big city. Actors wear red and green sweaters and movie cover. Oh, that's brilliant. 
That seems to happen. Everyone. It snows on Christmas Day. A Christmas proposal. Matchmaking kids. This is brilliant. Protagonist takes business call during family gathering. (laughs) But they have to come up with this. I mean, you just sat down and thought about it and wrote it down. Or were you coming up with these while you were watching them? So this is all part of my um, CV and resume to Hallmark and uh, trying to get them to let me write some of their films, be a producer for their films. I was made for Hallmark. Yes, but how did you come up with these things? You just wrote them on a piece of paper while you oh, were thinking yeah, about I mean, you just kind of like write down all the tropes. And then um, because, uh, you know, not to spoil the, the but game, some... that we have, but as I was doing those, I was just writing down all the tropes in order to do those. And then it's easy to make it. I see. So, yeah, because that's what I'm saying. It's hard to sit there and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you actually spent an hour or so coming up with like, I'm going to do this. And you typed it on. Friendly stranger turns out to be a ghost. That's hilarious. And then, of course, the free space, which is on the side, which is odd. Usually that's in the middle. I would just say Christmas obsessed parents, Christmas carolers, dog, best friend, corporate big shot crossings, closing small town store. That's what we were just talking about. Ice skating. Brilliant. The holiday Grinch finds Christmas spirit. Kiss under mistletoe. Childhood friends find romance. That's a good. I just saw that the last week. Holiday baking contest, which I believe is that Candace Cameron one coming up i mean there's so many of them with and, candace yeah and finally hot shot boyfriend is distant <laughs> aren't they always you know that's why they're hot shots they're mysterious and as long as i have the uh pictures up um no here's dave here's a picture of you and me <laughs> on your birthday gross that was my like is it creepier if i give like my i think it was like my 22nd birthday something like that no 23rd? i think it was no, 24 20- no, because my 24th birthday I spent in Norfolk. Then, then 23. 23, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Oof, yikes. Well, I just went to that place re- last Friday. It was fun. Take, I'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill him? This is yeah, not good for me. Mom, <laughs> another 22-year-old's birthday or something? No, she happens to be 28, Audrey. Please. All right. Well, so then at least I, have to, I don't have to worry about anything romantic happening. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well played. Um, you're back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just had to warm up a little bit. I got the nervous shakes out of me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Audrey has come up with three with three synopsises one, uh, of Hallmark Christmas movie uh, plots, plot lines. And two of them are real and one of them is fake. And I have to guess the phony one. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And these are brilliant. <laughs> All right. The first one's called a call for Christmas, a call from Christmas. Ashley, a recent New York City divorcee, travels to visit her parents in their small hometown of Hanover, New Hampshire. When her family dog Kibble escapes, she meets John, the sexy vet who lives next door. John informs Ashley that the town is in dire straits because they do not have funding to light the town's Christmas tree this year. Ashley uses her business savvy to help fundraise for the town. Ashley has a tough decision to make when her New York firm calls to offer her the role of CEO. I don't know. That certainly sounds like a real legitimate one that I've probably seen before, but they all sound the same. How many movies have you seen before that are Hallmark Christmas? Five. Oh, my goodness. We have so much work to do. (laughs) I know. All right. Here's the second one. A very merry mix up. Shop owner Alice is nervous to meet her future in-laws at Christmas, especially because she's arriving ahead of her new fiance, Will. That always seems to be the case. They're always arriving in advance. Why is that? 
When Alice's luggage is lost and her phone is damaged, this leaves her no way to find Will's family. As fate would have it, she meets her future brother-in-law, Matt, classic, at baggage claim and is happy to get a ride home with him. Alice must decide if her merry mix-up will actually turn out to be her destiny. Imagine being in baggage claim, like complaining about all of your missing luggage and Sky being like, yeah, Matt, no, I'm totally the guy you're supposed to supposed to meet my family. Yeah, come with me. Let's go. Like, that sounds fucking hey. wonderful. This is why we love the Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> I love just blind um, trust in life. I well, I like that. It's always like, you know, a brother or, you know, a father, you know, it's always like a, a relative of the person they're supposed to meet. Yeah, it's never everything. David family is everything. That's the part I never understand. December bride. Noelle stays late at her job in a department store on a snowy Christmas Eve and accidentally gets locked in after closing my dream. A quirky woman appears out of nowhere in the shoe department and tells Noelle that she's her guardian angel soon. Noelle finds herself revisiting Christmas past, present, and future as she must work with her new neighbor, a handsome Christmas-loving firefighter. They got it all in here to plan the annual Christmas charity gala. Will the love she has longed for all her life be the best surprise gift of all? Well, this is tough. With When you say firefighter and you put like Christmas in the same sentence, I just think of those like... Um, like sexy calendars where they're like wearing a Christmas hat and and you know somebody was thinking the same thing when they wrote this if and so oh, they yeah. wrote this somebody just like freshly masturbated and was like all right I got it <laughs> all right so it's uh the woman the CEO who you know finds love in a small town of course uh the shop owner who uh or rather uh who who meets the brother-in-law the the Mary mm-hmm. in the with the at the baggage claim Mm-hmm. or the woman who gets left in a department store with a guardian angel. So that's more of a fantasy one. I can believe all of these. Yeah. I want to hear like, what are your thoughts? Like initially, which one would you want to see? Uh, which one would I want to see? I want to see all of them. I mean, I can't deny they're all brilliant. I mean, I guess the one I normally see the normal one is a call from Christmas. The, the CEO, that's the standard one who gets the call. Like, Should I go back to New York, even though I met this guy in New Hampshire? I could see that one being for real. But uh, I obviously like I love the well, I like I like the baggage claim one. But I'm going to say because the other one with the guardian angel, I feel I see. And that's a that's a, a, a Christmas carol version i think you know just a new way to make a christmas card which they do all the time i'm gonna say a very merry mix-up is the phony one the baggage claim one is that your final answer it's my final answer audrey i thought this through you are incorrect oh that's a very real very artfully directed film (laughs) um no i wrote a call from christmas really yeah. Wow. That's good. I thought for sure that was a legitimate one. Didn't it just oh. seem so vanilla that you were like, yeah, this is Audrey's taste. Oh, 1, and, and you, you know, I, I cut this down a little bit. You had some major details. Audrey had- put so much time into this. We, you know, she's got the dog's name. The, the dog, what happens is this, the dog escapes and his name is Kibbles. Like she's got it so no, detailed. I had a, a full page of like a synopsis that I was ready to pitch. Dave was like, I got to cut this down to like three sentences max. Well, believe but me, my listeners. Job. The editing is fine, but um, 
Yeah, there was a lot. No, of- but this is great. She meets. I mean, this makes so much sense. The dog escapes. All of a sudden, there's a, a, a you know a good looking vet that lives next door. I'll help you find your dog. And then it turns out he's also. I mean, this was Audrey's amazing description. He's also a volunteer. He volunteers for the tree lighting ceremony for the town is broke. It's broke. Oh, no. You know, and the town's broke and they can't afford to light because they can't afford to light the Christmas tree to light a Christmas tree. These are the worst run towns in the history of America. These uh, because and they're clearly being written by Canadian people, which is why they're making fun. Yeah, I I feel like they're all definitely. uh, Canadian. But this is so brilliant. And then, of course, she's up for the CEO job. So I could that's the thing, Audrey, I could see the opening where it starts with her. She's in Manhattan. She lives on the Upper East Side. She loves her life. She's like sex in the city girl. And she's up for the CEO promotion. Like, hey, you know, her best friend at work is like, Ashley, it's in the bag, you know, and then and then she realizes, I don't know whether I want that kind of life anymore. Bro- Audrey, fucking brilliant. How am I unemployed? How- I don't know. Unemployed. I don't know. You're a genius. That's brilliant. Let's go to round two. I am having the best time. All right. Round two. I can't believe I didn't get that one. Uh, the miracle mistletoe with the anniversary of her husband's death quickly approaching Jessica, a best-selling author, decides to change up her normally sudden sullen holiday plans by escaping to a small town in Connecticut to celebrate Christmas. Of course, she stumbles across a quaint local bookstore and owner named Betty. Betty tells Jessica to open her heart to love again. Just then (laughs) a handsome recent divorcee, Robert stumbles into the bookstore to escape the cold. It turns out Jessica is one of Robert's favorite authors with the help of a mistletoe appearing seemingly out of nowhere above them. Jessica and Robert share a passionate Christmas Eve kiss. This is a different one because it doesn't happen at 859. Wanting to thank the bookstore owner for her advice, Jessica soon finds out that the bookstore owner, Betty, passed away five years ago. Yes! That's the phony one I'm in love. If that's the phony one, I need to see that one immediately. Okay, here's the second one. Enchanted Christmas. When she left Utah as a young widow, Laura left behind her father her love of dance. (laughs) and an old heartbreak brilliant now she must return home to spearhead the renovation of a derelict hotel which must be restored in time for a christmas eve benefit dance performance but laura is shocked to learn that her old love ricardo the boy who jilted her for a professional dance career is the star of the dance benefit oh no And when his dance partner, Taylor, walks out on the show for an out-of-town audition, Laura has to step in for her. Can Laura do it? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end. That's a good one, too. Oh, boy. I don't know. Uh, This is a tough one. And finally, A Christmas Cottage still only in her mid twenties, lazy, which means that I, I, this has got to be the fake one. Cause it's only people in their forties who have been on gossip girl, uh, still only in her mid twenties. Lacey has already given up on love. Her heart's been broken too many times. And now she concentrates on her career as an interior designer in Raleigh, North Carolina. Lacey's BFF Ava asked Lacey to be her maid of honor and her one job as the maid of honor is to make sure Ava's family cottage is perfect for the honeymoon. Because legend has it that if newlyweds spend their first night there, everlasting love and happiness follow. There's always a legend and it always (laughs) has it. Whatever it is, the legends have it. 
Right. Lacey finds herself snowed in there with Charlie, Ava's brother, and comedy ensues. I added that part in myself. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it anymore. We know what happened. Comedy ensues. <laughs> Love ensues. Legends ensue. All right. This is a really tough one, too. Again, I said because you said her mid-20s, I'm thinking that's the phony one because it seems like they only use people in their 40s and 50s. I don't, I don't know. That seems to be the thing. But the premise is so brilliant with the legend and everything. It's tough. So we have uh, the, the, the bookstore with the, with the owner that's died five years before, which is epic. Which is that- crazy because her husband died as well. Oh, so, so maybe he sent Betty, the bookstore owner, the yeah. enchanted Christmas with the, the Christmas of dance, which the is Christmas. hilarious to yeah. meet her old dance partner, which is hilarious. That should be the one I should write. Oh, no, my old dance partner. <laughs> Ricardo. Ricardo. Salsa again. And then uh, the the legend of the honey. They, she's got to get the family cottage together. Otherwise, their marriage is going to be a sham. Oh, boy. Uh, OK, I'm going to stick with my first one that the person in their 20s is the phony one. I'm just going to go with that because they all sound brilliant. And all ones I want to see. While watching the Jets play horribly, that's how I tune in because it makes me feel better. It takes my mind off it uh, when I'm losing on football. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with the last one, A Christmas Cottage. Your final answer? My final answer, Audrey. Dave Juskow, you are incorrect again. Damn it! You are so easily fooled by the Hallmark trip. I wrote the um, the first one again. I think uh, the Miracle uh, Mistletoe. Miracle Mistletoe. Oh my God, that should be one. But the shop. But what are you talking about, Betty? Betty died five years ago. What? And Betty, see, this is how invested in uh, a fake reality that that I love to create. Betty is, in fact, maybe another reincarnation ghost of her husband. Oh, that's good. Passed away, but her husband still wants her to find love. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Sad to see her sad. No, I said that before. No, I love it. I love that it's the reincarnation. Oh, that is gold. That is gold, Audrey. Gold. The miracle mistletoe needs to be a 2022 Hallmark Christmas movie. Uh, well, you know what? It's, uh, from your mouth to Betty's ears, uh, we can <laughs> <make> it happen. <laughs> wow, that is really good. That was super fun, Audrey. You are a writing genius. Well, I'm glad that you um, took some uh, editing liberty there because I'm um, I'm too precious about everything, and every word felt like the most important word. Oh yeah, no, no, you're right. And you you should have seen. Problem. You should have seen Audrey's. Audrey wrote the script. That's the issue is that you wrote the entire script. I got it filmed. I got it produced. And then you were like, let's just read three. I mean, the thing is she had last names for everybody. That was the easiest thing to take out. Nobody needs last names. in Hallmark movies, you know, but but I love the attention to detail. That's what made it so difficult for me to figure out this to get it right. I love it. No, it was brilliant. Uh, Audrey, thank you so much for uh, sharing a good Christmas time. As uh, you know, we can all enjoy these uh, stupid Hallmark movies, which for some reason just uh, really just take your mind off everything because they are just god awful. Let's get to the crux of this podcast. Um, this is the Kickstarter fund for making these Hallmark movies that I've clearly written and, and want to make. So everybody donate at kickstarter.com slash uh, miracle mistletoe. <laughs>
Is that true? Do you really have one set oh. up? Oh. No, I don't have. No, I don't have time to do that. Oh. I just have time to write full scripts. <laughs> yeah, you don't have time to do that. View. I'm unemployed, but I have my priorities straight. Okay. <laughs> well, I love it. And thank you so much for joining us today and being oh, a part of this uh, post Thanksgiving pre Christmas celebration we are having today. I mean, what a way to kick off the holidays. I get to see you, I get to share my love of Hallmark movies. <laughs> exactly. Well, Happy holidays to you. It's great to see you again. It's great to see you too. Audrey and- Henson, everybody. Hell, I was born here and I was raised here. And that going, I'm going to die here. The Night Fly with Dave Juskow. Well, I got to tell you, she is so terrific. She's so cute. And I'm really glad you came out. I love that stuff. I absolutely love doing that stuff. I think it's so funny. I, I'm just enjoying the entire process. I think I could do it every day. <laughs> I don't know. But she's so awesome. I wish she would come back to town. Or I hope she comes back to town soon. And um, well, that's the story. All right. Let's, uh, why don't we just get right into it? I'll share my uh, screen for those of you looking on video. Uh, just have a couple of pictures I just uh, took right off the phone. I figure why not share them today? This is the. UFC, the unidentified flying chicken place that I go to, uh, which is awesome. Just I'll just quickly go through everything. It's uh, you see, it's a very small place. There's me for some reason doing the uh, Tin Man. Oh, I do have it on video. There it is. Oh my god, that is so stupid. Oh my god. If you are watching on YouTube, then you just enjoyed the greatest treat of your life. Uh, otherwise, it's I got a blue thing on my head. It's above UFC. My friend Lee's building a speakeasy up there. I, I got to put that on Instagram instantly. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. If you are watching YouTube, then you get it. And otherwise, you will not get it. This is uh, this isn't necessary. I was on a on the moped and I took a picture of Queens. You know, I just stopped and talked. I'm like, wow, that's a pretty picture because they call this the Boulevard of Death. So it's just it's funny that it's such a pleasant picture with the skyline in the background. And this is right outside my house where they're doing construction on the East River for a new FDR drive thing where, you know, when I sit, you know, when I'm sitting in the traffic, this is the I guess they're making a new runway, as you can see that, like, you, you know, you get the ramp from speed here. Uh, if you're on a bus, you're, you're just going to hit these spikes. It's not going to end well, but it's also kind of cool. This, this is the outside restaurant, like on first Avenue and just somebody just threw all these papers there and, uh, it's just, everything's so disgusting and a mess outside. This is though the view of what I see when I got a Hoboken, you can see how pleasant it is. That's the Jersey skyline at night. And this is right behind me. I wanted to take a picture because it's always very pleasant going out there, just going out there for all the wrong reasons. This is something uh, Elon got me, which is not a big deal. Uh, this uh, I just took a picture of a scene from Hannah and her sisters off my TV uh, to send to Sam Morell. Uh, who we talk, it's um, Daniel Stern and Max von Sydow, Michael Caine and Barbara Hershey together. It's so crystal clear. You got to love cameras these days. I just took off the television. I. Don't sell my work by the yard. I do not expect it to fit in with a futon. 
Hey, man, it's cool. I'm just trying to do you like drawings. <laughs> You've been kissed tonight. I'm too smart for you running around behind my back. This is a guy I met in Staten Island with that girl, Kate, who was uh, at the place where we were doing that show. And he has this awesome shirt with Oscar and Felix on it. It was just so rare to see something like that. I'm definitely showing that on Tuesday's show when I have Gilbert and Frank on. And here is uh, me and my sister when we walked around the graveyard <laughs> on another pleasant day. I took if this is about the if you come to the West Side Comedy Club, however, there's a picture of David Steinberg's album. And it's just, you know, it's David Steinberg. And it says in the bottom, booga booga. I sent that to my niece Dory, and I just go, uh, hey, look, it's like, but John, why? Here's me looking amazingly cool at the tailgate, as you can see, lots of fun. The big marijuana stick hanging out of my mouth. I mean, forget about it, right? I mean, that's just too cool for school. Me and Sarah Silverman at Bloomingdale's. And this one I like. This is the New York Post article where it has a picture of Nicole Scherens Scherzinger, who's a pussycat doll, beautiful in a bikini, a string bikini on the beach. She's gorgeous. It says Nicole is living on the edge because it, it's a really good picture. Sorry, it's a really good picture. And then right underneath it, because this is the New York Post, and this is why I love the Post, it just says, strap hanger shot, stick up at Union Square Station. I mean, this makes no sense. You have this beautiful girl on top, strap hanger shot at the bottom. This is why I get the New York Post. This we found in my mother's house. You know, my mother's movies, we've been finding all this stuff. This is apparently from my three-year-old birthday party. It's the list of the children, the adults, and what you're going to buy. And I can see here on the left, David Pine was invited. I hated that guy. David Pine, we used to, when we were in high school, we would run track together. He was the captain of the cross-country team. He was a senior as a sophomore. He picked me up sophomore year in August before school even started. I'll never forget. He picks me up, and I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. And he goes, hey, do you got your gear? And I'm like, what do you mean do I got my gear? What the hell is that mean? We're running. What kind of gear I got my I'm wearing my sneakers and I'm wearing shorts. What I, I'm not exactly sure what we're talking about here. You son of a bitch. Dave Pine. Why was he invited to my birthday? And then it's really funny because on the adult side, it says me and mother. That's my mother and her mother, my grandmother. She calls her mother. <laughs> it was it was very informal. And you can see those other people on the bottom. Estelle and Maxine. Those were my next door neighbors. I hated. And then they invited Aunt Judy. And apparently my father, <laughs> I mean, what the hell <laughs> is that necessary to write on the list? And it just says bubbles and paints, 10 children, 10 adults. And on the bottom, if you're looking on the left-hand corner, the best part is it says like Dick, was it Dixie cups or no, I can't tell, but cupcakes, candy, hats. And on the very bottom, can you read it? Cigarette. That's epic. <laughs> where are you going to see that on a three-year-old's birthday list i don't know here is my uh, cousins at carmine's don't we all look uh terrific there that's the one uh the one right here is the one from cornell who was like wait you came to visit me at cornell yes and here's 
the area where I told Billy Joel to shut up while I got the sports cars because there was a phone right around here. But as you can see, I, I know maybe I had it wrong. It was so in such in my mind, but I'm not wrong because then you can see right here. That's my cousin restrooms and telephones. As I told you last week or two weeks ago, it definitely was the place. Telephones were upstairs. It's funny that they haven't gotten rid of that sign. Why should they? This was the uh, silent auction at the Amy Yazbeck, you know, uh, Larry Dallas, uh, Richard Klein thing. I took a picture because there's Sarah Silverman up there and Jeff uh, signed Jeff Green Denver Nuggets jersey. And I took a picture of it. And then I told Sarah, I'm going to bid on the Jeff Green Denver Nuggets jersey instead of the celebrity experience with a meet and greet with Sarah Silverman. No, thanks. Not interested. (laughs) There's me and Amy. It's very blurry, which, of course, pisses me off to no end. And this is a picture I took in the wing place because it was a girl that looks like Marina, but it's just completely racist to do that. And I'm going to show it to her tomorrow and I can't wait. And here is a picture of the very sad sandwiches they have at the Dave Chappelle Madison Square Garden thing. This refrigerator is full of these half ass sandwiches. I mean, they really do look delicious, but I mean, really? And then there's just some crackers and cheese in the refrigerator. It looks like my refrigerator at home. That's why it's so messed up. You know, you're at Madison Square. Is this the way they serve it to the Rolling Stones as well? All right. This was Thanksgiving yesterday. You can see Rhoda in the background sitting there. As you can see, Matt is unbelievable. He has meatballs and sausages. Oh, you got to have the three three times of pork. Three times of pork. I guess my mother didn't eat this one because they're sausages. Maybe she took some of the meatballs. The mashed potatoes with that stick of butter I always tell you about. Look how beautiful that turkey comes out sliced. The gravy. My mother made this. The sweet potatoes with the marshmallows looks delicious and cornbread. Right. But then come the five different kinds of stuffings. Now, I know you're only seeing four there because the fifth one was for dessert. Wow. Look at this buffalo shrimp stuffing with pretzel bread. So it's definitely stuffing buffalo shrimp stuffing. Look at this one. Stuffing stuffing. (laughs) That's regular stuffing. That's hilarious. And there's Rhoda. Sitting there actually looking uh, happy. Pizza stuffing. What? For real. And then in the back over there, cornbread mac and cheese stuffing. Is this guy good or is this guy good? Is that some presentation or what? He spent a lot of work on that. The dessert one was apple. He's, what did he call it? Uh, it's not Jubilee. It's not a la mode. Uh, oh, it's apple something uh, like foster or something you know bananas foster that's what it was bread pudding oh my bread pudding oh my god a fifth stuffing for dessert the guy is a, a masterful genius here's uh jeff and ronnie chang and i forgot to tell you who was there andrew yang yes ex-presidential candidate andrew yang was there with us and there's uh, the hilarious Ronnie Chang. Here's me, Jeff, and that guy, Craig, I was telling you about, who, you know, is going to let us up in the van about. Wait, is that Chappelle's son? Oh, that might be Chappelle's son on the left. I don't know, but good times in the red room. And here we are with the other comics, Mark Norman, Ari Shafir in the back here. This is Mark Norman, Ari Shafir, me and uh, Jeffy. And here's me and Jeff on the grounds. Of Madison Square Garden, he was kind enough to put an Instagram, Dave Jeskow, the legend. Look at all the people who are right up in front. 
you know, it's, it's just like it's your it's it's like a, your old comedy club because you're just hanging around. It, it's such a different experience to just be up front like that, walking around, drinking where everybody else is just having the normal experience, you know. Oh, and this picture I'm definitely using on Tuesday. It, what, what, how do you pronounce her name? Jesline or Jeslin Max, Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein sitting at a table at a, at a gala for the whatever Vivo Institute in 1991 with Tony Randall. <laughs> Tony Randall's just staring at Jeffrey Epstein. You're up to something, aren't you? He knew. Oh, he knew. All right. Yeah. Well, those are the slides. I like to kind of breeze through them because I know people are mostly listening audibly. But if you do watch the YouTube and enjoy the uh, fun of the monthly or bi-monthly or whatever, well, we just feel like putting it out, then you will like the slides. And of course, you can always pause them if you really want to see them. And uh, if you are listening audibly, then look at the YouTube and uh, take a look. Otherwise, oh, my God, what a time we had today. huh? Uh, very excited. Obviously, Gilbert and Frank are coming up this week on the Comedy Cellar Show. And then Alex Sulkin from Family Guy. Billy Joel is starting uh, the uh, the caves and keeping the faith this is coming up this week. Uh, wow. <laughs> we have our December 4th thing. Uh, also, I'll be at the... Uh, Westside Comedy Club this Wednesday, and I believe Caroline's either Thursday or Friday, but I'm pretty sure it's Friday. Uh, I'll Instagram it, I guess. Otherwise, I just hope everybody truly had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you are having a happy Hanukkah, and I hope everybody has a really terrific holiday season, huh? Because it's only a couple of weeks, Christmas will be upon us, and then New Year's, and then everybody will be depressed. So that is the story for this week on the final episodes of The Nightfly, everybody. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week ahead of them after being stuffed and eating too much on Thanksgiving. I'll start dieting next year. Next year we'll do it because, you know, it's wing night on Monday. So otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on both the audio and the audio podcast on The Nightfly. See you next week, everybody.